If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites according to a recent Indeed survey. With Indeed, everything hiring is all in one place and it makes it so easy. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences each day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. The more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join the more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Indeed.com slash podcast. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, Damien Maffei from the Strangers Pray at Night. And uh, if I had any advice to give you, Brian, Nico, Mike, and Dustin, don't go out there. In a world where zombies, ghosts, serial killers, and vampires all exist, it's Nico. Brian, Mike, and Dustin, and they are all that stand between you and the films that could end the world. Welcome to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Podcast. Hopefully we're, Hopefully we're doing this thing. We do it live. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Review Podcast. I am Mike Settle. That is Brother Nico Chin. Over here is Brother Brian Hathaway, and over here is a masked Dustin Franklin. Fellas. <laughs> I can't believe it's finally here. After all, a year's worth of talk, uh, a franchise entry from Dustin that we actually thought we wouldn't do, we're doing. 31 on 31 is here, the last ride for 31 on 31. We're going to switch the format up. We're not done doing countdowns for the Halloween season, but this is the last 31 on 31. Fellas, this was one of the harder ones to me after the bottom, of course. Yeah, I agree. Uh I'd like to apologize. <laughs> not to y'all. Not to y'all, because I enjoyed your misery. I'm going to apologize to myself for making myself watch this fucking franchise. I had a feeling you would feel pretty bad about that. Listen, it was still fun because it's one of those franchises. No, it wasn't. Well, listen, I was never going to watch it on my own, ever. I, there was no chance in hell I was ever going to watch it. So the fact that now I've seen these movies... I can at least say I've checked that off the list. I guess we're real horror fans or reviewers or whatever. So whatever you want to call that. Uh, any any initial thoughts from any of you, or do we want to just get right into it, fellas? I'm bringing up the YouTube right now just to see if any comments come up there too. Okay. I would I would say the only thoughts that I had is that I was actually surprised how many of these movies on this list that I rated very high and liked. Uh oh. I was surprised. I was surprised that they kept making Children of the Corn movies after like like how do you definitely wasn't how do you how do you make the first one and like I can get making a second one, but how do you make the second one like you know what? Maybe like eight more. Who knows? Bro, oh my god. It, it you know, it's kind of funny because I actually think it's kind of like Hellraiser Word. There's actually a few later ones that I don't think are like 
that much worse than the first one. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. We'll get to it. We'll get to our rankings. Brian, okay. I, have to, I have to ask a question before Nico goes. You said you, you're surprised how many of these movies you liked and rated highly. Are you talking about Children of the Corn? Because I got to know before we go. I got to know what to expect before we get into this. Not telling you. Oh, shit. Not happening. Oh, shit. Iron Call, <laughs> hey, Iron Call 30 over here on YouTube wants to know if we've seen the, if any of us have seen the new Exorcist film. No, not, not yet. yet. No, I don't intend to, unless I'll pick it. I do apologize, but I have been Same. boycotting David Gordon Green since Halloween ends. He can kiss my ass. Jesus. So I'm, I'm going to wait a little bit to view the new Exorcist movie. Um, because I'm not going off of what other people say. I want to see it for myself. But I'm still mad yeah, my, at David Gordon Green. My my reason for not watching it has nothing to do with that movie, which is a, you know, it's discussion all in itself. We've ran it and ran it about him and that movie. But just the trailer did nothing for me. I've been right. on a... I've taken a very hard stance against unnecessary remakes and, and sequels, and that fits the bill. The trailer did nothing for me to make me want to, ooh, got to watch it. So, nah, right, good. right, fellas, anything? But, uh, yeah, uh, before we, before we start, I just wanted to say to everyone watching, if you can guess before we get to like pick fifteen, you know, I'm gonna say pick twenty. If you can guess all four of our number one before pick twenty, I'll buy you any shirt. Or any Tumblr from Shan's Etsy page, or any shirt from our website. Wealth. <laughs> well, I got, we got to show love to the fans. I know, I appreciate it. And by the way, since it's got to be by, epi- by by pick twenty, though. I'm not getting the number five, and then you guess. Okay. Hell with all that. <laughs> I'm glad you mentioned that, Nico. Shout out to our fans for following along in this episode with us. Right now, we have. A pretty decent number of people watching, which makes me very excited that we're doing this. Again, this is the last and final 31 on 31 before we kind of switch that format up. If you recall, if you've been fans of us this whole time, we ranked the big three, you know, in the horror uh, universe. And then we kind of started doing a mishmash of everything. And I think when it came to this one, we finally realized this is probably about as as long as we could stretch this until we switch it up a little bit. Don't pause me. No, you're no. It's the, the biggest thing is like these are fun episodes, but it really is a lot of work. Like that's the reason why like the previous two months before October we did thirty one months because you got to watch so many movies. You might sure. as well as do the reviews as well. It's just a lot of work, honestly. Watching thirty one movies no on top of other reviews and yeah, doing interviews like we're getting like interviews out the wazoo right now from Shutter. Which shout out to them, I appreciate it. Yeah, shout out. To it's, it's just a lot of work right now. Absolutely, absolutely. And Brian has kids, and he's got baseball every two days. So And and Nico basically, <laughs> and Nico basically has kids. So, man, it's a busy hey, yeah. life out here. And, and Mike's a globetrotter. So, I mean, it's just busy <laughs> schedules all around. Dude, that mask is killing me, bro. <laughs> what is going- it's killing me, too. It's hot as hell. Hey, Brian and Nico got to hang out with their rich and famous friends all weekend. And, That's right. You know, hey, speak, hey speaking of that, alone. speaking of that, last thing before we get started, check out our – Spooky Empire content. We met a lot of previous guests. We're going to get some of those guests back on the show. They got things to promote, and we're going to be getting Amanda Wiss on the show. Hopefully, yes, as well. sir. She said she would. So, I'm looking Hold on forward. One to second, it. fellas. No. Do you guys hear that? I hear nothing but you talking. We're good. All right, let's kick off with number 31. And I'm just going to preface this audience for everyone watching, listening back on the podcast. 31 through about 20 is just a 
bunch of hot mess, and you could honestly rank any of these joints anywhere, and I really wouldn't care because I'm not a fan of this Children of the Corn franchise. 31 for me is Children of the Corn Runaway. Uh, I gave brief descriptions just because me and Brian were talking about this on the way to Spooky. All of these movies kind of run together, run together, and you kind of forget like what the hell's going on. But 31 for me is Runaway. I just wrote the movie is horrible, borderline unwatchable. Couldn't keep my attention. The story, if there was one, was so uninteresting. Was like a Maury Povich, Jerry Springer confession or contestant, excuse me, with some corn and creepy kids. Just atrocious. Okay. My number 31 is Children of the Corn 7, Revelation. Uh, came out the year that I graduated high school, which is 2001. I'm not that fucking old, Mike. But, uh, Whoa, relax. hey, Kevin, Kevin said it too in the comments over here. Kevin said Brian's like 100 years old, so I get it. <laughs> wow. But, uh, thanks, Kevin. By the way, you're fired. Uh, I hated this movie. I, I, uh, it just doesn't feel like a Children of the Corn movie to me. Like, the atmosphere of this movie is it's on point, like, but it just doesn't ever feel like a horror movie, much less Children of the Corn flick. So, it comes in last for me. Dustin, you next, buddy. Am I? Oh, that's my bad. 31 for me is uh, I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer. The opening just screams TV movie to me. Uh, I feel like it's an episode of Criminal Minds or something. The writing is bad. The acting is worse. To quote The Ringer, I've seen better acting in pornos. This movie is an abomination to a franchise that I think already stinks. So I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer, 31. All right. <laughs> My number 31 is the same as you, Nico. It is Children of the Corn Runaway. This movie stinks, man. There's like a mechanic that's a love interest. I don't care about the character of Ruth. Uh, you know, the sons <laughs> ends up killing her. Like, I just think it's, I, I just think it's a, you know, and the twist ending that Sarah was kind of the person all along that was leading them back into this cult. I fucking hated it, man. So number 10 is, is or excuse me, number 31 is Runaway. <laughs> And then the kid walks down and catches him about to have sex. And the kid runs away. Then she's, like, pissed at the guy. Like, it was hilarious. Uh, Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice is my number 30. Rating off of just an initial watch, I think it was, like, a one and a quarter. There's a few funny scenes with Red Bear, decent-looking kills with the first two new guys. But the acting was terrible, horrible visuals and effects, and writing was bad, which is kind of par for the course for that franchise. Whoa. No, no way. That writing in this franchise is fantastic. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Uh, number 30, I'm with Dustin. I'll always know what you did last summer. Uh, I like the name of this movie. That's about it. Like, I, they got the title right, at least. Looking at you, Scream 5 and Halloween 2018. Um, shout out, friend of the show, Don Shanks, interview. Don't go out there, dot com. But this was a... Uh, this was just a direct video cash grab, you know, using like we talk about all the time an IP that built a little bit of a following, but they didn't want to pay Jennifer Love Hewitt or Freddie Prince to come back. Um, you know, growing up with the other two, this one just supported me greatly. So fuck this movie. <laughs> uh, 30 for me is children of the corn revelation, boring, cheaply made. It's like a film student made it in one week of school and only cast the people that were in the room with him at the time. Although one of the guys was the Zamboni driver in Happy Gilmore. That was fun to find out. But uh, the CG corn grows growing, seeds coming out of the little girl's mouth, and the rest just looked comical. It was bad, awful. 
if anybody on the show is surprised that Mike got kicked off, we aren't. So, <laughs> should I just go now? Yeah, just just go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <clears throat> when Mike comes back, he can go. Twenty nine for me. Children of the Corn three. Urban Harvest. Uh, the sounds of the scythe is just ridiculous, and the acting of the two boys was abysmal. The ground chanting corn and the corn ritual nightmare was awful. The roach, and I will say the roach in the soup scene is something I remember seeing as a child and it's sticking with me. I forgot how bad the effects were, though, and holy shit, the cigarette and fire kill was awful. And I guess I was confused by the ending, but I don't remember it. And in my present time, I wrote, God damn, this sucks. Uh, Mike? Number- oh, okay. Do your yeah. so, sorry, fell- sorry, fellas. Had technical difficulties there. I'm back. I think we're good now. Uh, you? Hey, I know, technical- I know. Hey, I borrowed. Hey, I borrowed. Mark, hey, I borrowed uh, brother Manny's internet. What can I say? Um, all right. I think that's 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 your internet now, man. Yeah, buddy. I, hey, this is still better than the Lake Wells internet I was rocking for a while there. That was a little bit of a toughie. Um, all right. So my number thirty is actually Children of the Corn six six six. Look, man, I, Isaac's return to the franchise did absolutely nothing for me. He's not even really an important part of the movie, in my opinion. And I'm just not buying it. Everybody in this franchise somehow gets adopted at some point, which you'll see when I talk about them. Like every kid that ends up orphan gets adopted by some new person or whatever. It's just kind of, it's also shot like a bad Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Uh, I'm, man, I'm just not a fan of it. I don't like this idea of Isaac returning. Isaac was dead. Now he's in a coma. Fucking right from the rip of the coma. I'm like, I'm done. I don't care about this fucking story. So my number 30 was, Turn of the corn six six six. All right, Nico, number twenty nine, buddy. I just did mine. Tier twenty nine. Yeah, he did. Oh, all right, Brian, number twenty nine. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Children of the corn runaway. You guys talked about it. You know, this is just another one I never even personally knew existed. Uh, it kind of starts uh starts off a lot like Halloween six, to be honest, like with the pregnant Ruth running from an evil cult. Um, this one was just so damn slow. I did appreciate it how I connected some of the characters of part two, um, which I did like that. I'll go ahead and spoil that. I did like part two, but uh, I didn't loathe this one completely. Um, I did appreciate some of the attempts at continuity, but overall it just sucks. Shane chimed in and said, Isaac didn't need to be in the movie, but he's a really nice guy. I just want to say that maybe Truby still creeps the fuck out of me. But um, (laughs) (laughs) my number 29 is Children of the Corn Genesis. Five minutes into the movie, already needed a cigarette. I've seen better acting in daytime blood pressure medicine commercials. Uh, the movie improves, though, <laughs> a little. Still very badly acted and poorly made. This one gets a boost because they had the balls to use footage from Bad Boys 2 and expect me not to notice. Yeah, <laughs> they sure did. Uh, the car crash scene, it's iconic. Like I, I love the Bad Boys franchise, so I spotted that right away. Wow. Higher rating than I would have given it just because of that. Kevin, you have Children of the Corn 3 at 29? Brother, we got to have a sidebar discussion about that at some point. Bro, his ratings are comical. He gave I'll Always Know What You Did Last Summer a 0.5 out of 10. Children of the Corn Genesis <laughs> a 0.75 out of 10. <laughs> Hell yeah, Kevin. All right. He's been taking notes from the Dustin School of Grading. I'm with you, Jordan. Children of the Corn 3 sucks. Uh Oh, man, I can't wait. Here we go. A little disagreement coming up here soon. All right. My number 29 is Children of the Corn Revelation. Uh the half of this movie takes place in some old ass apartment. 40 minutes of the movie is kids just kind of staring at you 
which I get that's kind of the essence of the original film, but I don't know that it just wasn't effective for me. Boring plot. Uh, I think the, the only thing that kind of even saves this film is a little bit of the acting is, is, is okay in this one compared to some of the other children of the corn movie. But yeah, right here. Uh, number 29 is children of the corn revelation. All right, uh, 28 for me is your 30, Mike. Uh, Children of the Corn, 666. I wrote, Isaac is back with an exclamation point. Then I wrote, who cares? The movie wow. makes no sense and drags on and on. It's nice just, guy. It's just boring. Sure. It's, it's just boring as hell. Uh, my number 28 is Children of the Corn, Genesis. Um, I think it's definitely better than Revelation was. It came out like next in the sequence, if you even want to call it that, in this, in this series. But again, this didn't feel like even part of that series. I mean, it's almost like that they took an entirely new story called Genesis and then just slapped children in the corn name on it or something. Uh, Billy Drago, the leader of the cult had probably the best performance in the movie, but I'm not sure I even still understand the ending on this one. 28 for me is children of the corn, six, six, six. My favorite part of the movie is when it ended. I thought it'd be, I thought I'd be interested in the story. I mean, Isaac coming back after almost 15 years or, as they say in the movie, 19 years, but that's not when the movie came out. Anyway, <laughs> this was one of the worst movies I've ever seen. The background noise they used throughout the film oh. to try and establish the tone and mood was distracting and annoying instead of creepy and beneficial. Uh, at least the lead actress was hot, and they get a boost for bringing back John Franklin to rep reprise his role as Isaac, but nah. All right, my number 28 is I'll always know what you did last summer. I think this movie freaking sucks. And the only reason it's not lower on this list is because there were some really big piles of dog shit below it. Like, it got really lucky. And honestly, some of these other Children of the Corn movies got lucky that this movie exists. Because this movie stinks. They don't use the killer correctly. Uh, there's no ties to the original two at all. Or at least I didn't. I don't remember them. Uh and it's shot like, honestly, guys, it kind of looks like it's shot on an old Android phone. Like, it is not, a, the cinematography is ass. Uh, the music is not good. The acting is like a Lifetime movie. Just bad, bad, bad all the way around. It really pissed me off. Like, halfway through, I'm actually pissed that I'm watching this film. So, number 28 is I'll always know what you did last summer. I'll always know what these assholes did by making this fucking movie. Hey, we almost made it 17 minutes without pissing off Android users. Good job. <laughs> not hey, not soon enough. Not soon enough. Just kidding. Eric, uh, love our Eric Redding. Love our Eric Redding, you are not old and I'm not old. So you don't have to see yourself out. All right. Oh. All right. 27 for me is Mike's 28. I always know what you did last summer. So uh, it very easily could have been 31. Some cool kills, and that's yeah. about all the good I can say. It's below average cinematography, poor editing. Very boring. Easily could have cut 20 to 30 minutes. Ben Willis is still alive and in Colorado now. Give me a break. <laughs> but, hey, shout out to Don Shanks, friend of the show. And yeah. I will say that there was a forklift kill. And, you know, I'm a certified forklift operator. And I do appreciate <laughs> that. Damn right. That's right. I see him flash that card. <laughs> Listen, yeah. Tyler Kane just said there's no ties. He's just a ghost that moved to Colorado. Also, it's the second best in the franchise. Tyler Kane, what did you just say? Oh, there's there's only three, right? I mean, you know that there's only three, right? As long as I'll still always know is first. I, I, I'm with you. Whoa. Ooh, what? What? Speak, what? Speaking of Colorado, Tyler Kane must have been hitting that Colorado grass, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 27 for me, Children of the Corn uh, 2020 remake. 
Uh, I said it for years, especially after I gave part one a, a four when we reviewed it. But I said for years that this movie needed to be remade. But now that we've had two remakes here and <laughs> no, nah, I'm, I'm fucking I'm fucking good on this one. Um, I appreciated the different perspective than the OG. But, you know, is this a reboot? Is this a prequel? I don't know. But it was mediocre. That's for sure. 27 for me is Children of the Corn Part 4. We get Naomi Watts. Puck from Glee, and Mother Firefly from House of a Thousand Corpses. But that's about all the good I can say about it. This one's flat out boring. I, uh, you know, It had a low budget feel that makes an hour and a half feel like a marathon. Just can't, <laughs> can't be boring to me. All right. My number, my number 27, is, 27 is Children of the Corn Genesis. Uh, look, man, this movie kind of starts out with my interest, I think, where... I like this couple. They have decent on-screen chemistry. Like, you know, they're not totally unlikable characters. But then we get into this town, and this old man is rambling. Our final girl gets away, and she comes back because she's, quote-unquote, call. it's her prophecy. Like, this whole story is just – like, once we get into this town in Nebraska, the movie goes to complete shit to me. Like, I don't – like – there's not enough lore in the Children of the Corn franchise to make me interested in continuing to learn about it. And this movie kind of tries to play on some of the lore, and I'm just like, eh, we already have that in all these other existing films. So my number 27 is Children of the Corn Genesis. Yeah, I'm right there with you. 26 is Genesis. <clears throat> nothing special yet again. A script that has nothing to do with the Children of the Corn, but they threw one child into the movie to justify it. Kind of like how they did Hellraiser. I really don't buy Allie going back to the crazy people's house. But at least the movie is well-paced and it goes by quick. All right, so maybe a hot take. I don't know. Apparently it is. My number 26, Children of the Corn 3. Uh, look, I couldn't get into this movie at all. The plot. The best thing about this movie is the credits to me with the... Is it called a scythe? Is that what they... Shit's good. Is that what scythe, yeah. Uh, yeah, scythe, yeah. Yeah, scythe. Scythe. Um, but it cutting through all the names, that's the best part of the movie to me. But yeah, the two brothers, like I said, I just couldn't get into this. I don't like it at all. 26 for me is Children of the Corn 2. It's a confusing timeline. Whoa. Like They make it seem like this is happening the day after part one, but there's all kinds of adults everywhere and the cornfields aren't burnt at all. I don't know. I just that's didn't a, get that's that. A different, it was a different town though, brother. Oh, maybe I missed it. But anyway. <laughs> uh, the bad CG from part one was outdone by some weird first-person vision filter and Osmosis Jones hooking uh, sequence when or looking sequence when Mikey gets sucked in. <laughs> this movie made me realize that Children of the Corn '84 should have been a standalone because there just wasn't any advancements in the story that made that warranted a sequel, let alone nine. And the acting was substantially worse than the original, but it did have a re- redeeming moment uh, when the old woman in the wheelchair got hit by the semi and flew through the window. <laughs> I laughed out funny. loud. Hip hop me as well. And I laughed <laughs> when, the, when the man still said bingo. Like they're playing bingo. Yeah. And the fucking woman goes flying through the window and he goes bingo. That shit was so funny to me. <laughs> That's some shit you would say. <laughs> All right. Oh god. Uh, my number 26 is Children of the Corn Part 4. Uh, for a lot of the reasons you've already said there. But first of all, we're back in Nebraska after 3 kind of takes us away from there. So I, I really didn't like that. Um, now stuff, you know, this, this thing that, you know, the, he who walks behind the rose is now a virus that can spread through the air. Like it's fucking COVID, uh, there, you know, the possessions and the, there's like weird possessions in this movie. The only positive in this whole movie 
is the character of Donald, like great character. Uh, but there's all kinds of stuff written in blood, like just really weird of its time. Not a fan. Uh, so turn the corn forward. It, it, it just added no, absolutely no depth to what I already thought. Three, three should have been the last movie. Like, we're going to just, let's stop right here at three, but nope, they kept going. Shan said that bingo line made her think of Randy Quaid in Christmas Vacation. <laughs> Definitely something Cousin Eddie would say. Absolutely. All right, number 25 for me is Children of the Corn Revelation. Uh, first thing, I feel terrible for Claudette Mink. She's trying to be serious, but you can tell she knows this movie stinks. Horrible CGI corn stalks. Girl vomiting corn in the dream is big, ter- big wolf. The cheerleader death in the bathtub was hilarious. And the last thing I wrote was this movie stinks. Good Lord. <laughs> number five for me, or number 25 for me, is Children of the Corn 5, Fields of Terror, or whatever. This one wasn't terrible, like, completely, but it's kind of like some of the Friday franchise, I guess, where it's pretty much, it's pretty much the uh-huh. same plot over and over again. Yes, it is. You know, if yes. you watch them all in order. So, you know, if I'm watching... If I'm not watching this in order, Eva Mendez being in this is enough to keep me interested. But it wasn't enough because I was watching them in order. And, you know, I was, it was, it was kind of trying to do the whole scream H2O. Yeah, I know she did last was. summer, late 90s trope. And I just came away just meh. I mean, although I did not hate it like I did some of the others. I'm still in the hate. I'm still in the hate for quite a while, brothers. But uh, <laughs> 25 for me is Children of the Corn Runaway. I don't know if it's just because this was one of the more modern ones, but for whatever reason, it was much more captivating for me. And it restored a lot of the creepiness from the kids that had been lost in so much of this franchise. Still a stinker that felt like a TV movie, though. All right. My number 25 is Children of the Corn 2. Uh, final, my ass. I hate God. If you thought that the Friday franchise was bad, to call something the final of anything in part two is total bullshit. Um, look, kid, you know, kids are in foster care. And I just don't, I'm not buying this news reporter storyline here. Uh, and, and now I will say the old lady kill is great. Uh, and it's just, I wasn't buying the story of this ancient tribe backstory and how that's the reason the events of the first movie played out. Uh, just, and, you know, all I all, all I took away from this movie was moldy corn. That's it. Just now the corn has mold on it. Congratulations. All right, 24 for me. And, God, I'm ready to get through all these Children of the Corn movies <laughs> Almost, already. Buddy. Children of the Corn 2022. Uh, the movie has some good shots, some decent kills, and the lead actress was okay. Other than that, just another snooze fest of a Children of the Corn movie. This one actually has a corn monster, which was ridiculous. Bo's death at the end to the fleshy corn monster looked horrible. Bad acting, bad effects, and just a concept that continues to do nothing for me 10 films into the franchise. All right, from now on, you guys are just going to start being shocked a little bit, I think, with mine. Uh, Oh, here we go. Number 24, though, for me is Children of the Corn 666. And I, I, unlike you guys, did not hate this one. Like, I, I liked the continuity of bringing John Franklin back. Um, and really just a lot of the connections to the first movie. Uh, like I said, I appreciated the continuity the most of any of it. And, you know, I didn't hate it. So from, from now on, yeah, you guys are going to be pretty, pretty surprised, I think. Hmm. Uh, 24 for me is Children of the Corn 3. I like that it's at least a fresh take. The story moves to Chicago and the conflict is new and interesting. Still some very, very bad CG, though, namely when uh, 
a lady lights her lighter and consumes the flame and the monster at the end. But a lot better movie overall than most entries in the series. We're still in the I hate these fucking movies tier. Same. Yeah, my number 24 is, is, the, is the same as Nico, and it's the Children of the Corn remake. This movie doesn't offend me like some of the other ones do. It's just kind of there. Like, but there's just not like a, a whole lot to it. Uh, it has some cool kills, and I appreciated some of the gore. Um, and it was kind of nice. No offense, but when you're watching these all kind of simultaneously, I didn't watch them all in a row, but I watched them in segments. It was kind of nice to see a modern camera, just being honest. <laughs> uh, so that was kind of nice. Uh, yeah, man, like I said, okay kills. Uh, it's just an average remake. The one big positive in this movie is to me some of the acting from the kids. Like, I think the kids are pretty convincing, scary, haunted, you know, possessed kids in this cult. So that's what makes it so maddening is, like Brian, I'm like, man, this movie could use a remake because I think the bones of the story are great. We're wrong, buddy. I just don't think they can do – Apparently not. I don't think there's a good movie adaptation of this Apparently story. not. People have been trying for all these movies now, and they just – couldn't nail it even in this remake for me. Melissa Wall, no, I do not like the porn <laughs> monster. Uh, 23, this might be a hot take, but it's the original Children of the Corn. If y'all listen to our review of it, I think I made myself pretty damn clear. I wasn't a fan. The CGI is horrible. Makes no sense. And uh, I feel bad for Linda Hamilton uh, if she still has to talk about it. <laughs> All right. So my number 23 may surprise some people, but it's Underworld 4 Awakening here at number 23. Um, I love the entire franchise except this one. Like, I don't like the direction that they went with the whole being frozen thing. Now we get a genetically enhanced Resident Evil ripoff bad guy. As much as I have love for this franchise, I have no issues skipping Underworld for Awakening. All right. Uh, 23 for me is Children of the Corn 5. Dude. Talk about a cast I didn't expect to see in this franchise. You got Alexis Arquette, <laughs> Alexis Arquette. sibling of the goat, David Arquette, Ava <laughs> Mendez, Amit Zappa, who was also in Ready to Rumble with David Arquette, underrated movie, Fred Williamson, David Carradine, and Kane Hodder. Incredible. And the special effects, while still not great, looked a lot better than what we've seen in the franchise leading up. And there's a really cool kill with the head splitting and shooting fire through another head for a combo. So it's still ass, though. Same here, buddy. My number 23 is Children of the Corn Part 5, 1, Eva Mendez. Hello. Enough to kind of move it up the list a little higher, to be honest. And unlike Brian, where that, like, Scream 90 slasher, you know, teen killer take didn't work for him, it kind of worked for me in the sense that, hey, at least this was kind of something different, very of its time, which I like those kind of movies. It's why I like I Know What You Did Last Summer you know, Valentine, all those movies. So it was kind of in that vein. So it was able to keep my interest. I don't even hate what they do with Eva Mendez's character, how they have her sacrifice herself and all that. And again, like you said, Brian, what a crazy cast. Right. Uh, or, or like what Dustin said, Alexis Arquette's in this movie. There's a lot of little famous uh, people throughout this franchise. Yeah, Jaleese Theron's in this, or not in this film, but in another one. Just And the kid cult leader is, the, I did not get his name. That's my fault. Poor research. But he's in Little Rascals, and he's in a lot of different stuff during this uh, time period in the 90s where, where it's like, oh, I recognize that kid. So, you know, there's familiar faces. I didn't hate the story. I just, again, it's a Children of the Corn movie, so I'm kind of grading it on a curve and trying to say something to be nice here. All right, 22 for me is Children of the Corn for The Gathering. 
The movie's not good, but it's better than the previous two entries. Naomi Watts is a legend and gives a good performance. Karen Black is another horror legend. And we all, this movie also has Marietta Marich in it. She makes an appearance. We've covered her in the 03-06 Texas Chainsaw Massacre as Ludamay. Interesting concept with some cool kills. However, it's only an hour and 25 minutes and it drags. It also has some really bad-looking corny kills. No pun intended. And the biggest <laughs> problem true. is it's a snoozer. Look at Kevin Scanlon posting on here with his number 22 being Underworld Awakening. See, that's what I'm talking about. Hey, Brian, before you go, I just want to announce, you got till the 40-minute mark to pick our four picks. Then the, the contest is over if you want to win a free shirt. He's trying to give away his money. You guys better take him up on that. <laughs> hey, and it's a free guess. It's a free and for guess. anyone that may have joined late, what what four picks he's talking about is guess which movie we all have as our number ones. Number one. If you get them all yeah. right, Nico's going to uh, buy out the DGOT store for you. That's right. <laughs> <clears throat> So my number 22, yes, I still have some more Children of the Corn sequels left, but guess what? I would rather watch them again than Don't Breathe 2. So that's what it is. It's here at, at number 21. Oof. Pretty much the general consensus for not liking this is pretty much the same route that I, I feel about it. I don't want to root for this dude. And while Saw X and you know some of the other Saw movies was able to make you root for Kramer, this did not accomplish that for me. And I just have no desire to ever watch this again. And that's kind of what I, where I was, some of these, I was rating them as, would I rather watch this one or this yeah, one? And sure. so they're, they're, that's where I'm at right now. Absolutely. All right. So we've moved out of the hate tier for me. And now we're just in the dislike tier. This is a much smaller tier. Uh, 22 for me is I still know what you did last summer. Look, I love Jennifer Love Hewitt, but this movie stinks. Her performance is shockingly bad. I'm not that's saying because number a, one, pal. <laughs> I'm not saying she's an Oscar-winning actress, but uh, her, she was bad in this movie. I thought the original was very mediocre at best, and the more you milk the story dry, the worse it gets. The supporting cast is at least good, with Mackay Pfeiffer, Bill Cobbs, John Hawks, and the great Jack Black. But that's almost all I can say positive about the movie. All I know that all I know is that if Brandy had a car, they'd be safe. She just run Ben Willis over. <laughs> oh damn! <laughs> Somebody's gonna clip that. Don't worry. Don't worry. All right. I'm uh, okay, Brian and Kevin. I was with you, just not as early as you guys. My number 21 is Underworld Awakening. And part of the reason is because this is the first movie in the Underworld franchise to me where there's three. Like, I love the first three because there's lore. They build. They kind of explain what's happening and what's going on and why the werewolves and vampires are battling each other. In Awakening, it's like, Let's put Kate Beckinsale in a sexy outfit and everybody just fight the whole movie. That's what I got from Underworld Awakening. And I'm just not a fan. Like, it's unfortunate because I, I think Brian's going to give me some dap at the end of this thing with how high the top three in the franchise are for me. But this movie just was the first one. I was like, ah, oh, man, they did the thing where you make a sequel that I think was just completely unnecessary. But to be fair, Mike, on paper... That recipe sounds like a recipe for success. Kate Beckinsale in a tight, sexy outfit and fighting like that. If you it, just tell them, put that in front of it, me, I'm, I'm tuned in. Not the worst, it's not the least entertaining film of all time, but I just, oh, it's so, it's kind of boring. Like, to be fair, it's kind of boring. I, I, I feel like it's a boring film. Sorry, Missy Wall. She put a like crazy face. I assume that's because uh, of the I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Isn't she a big fan of that, if I can recall? I, I've, I believe I think I think she said it's like yeah. her favorite or her, her best like bad good movie or something like that. I remember yeah. her comment yeah. that. Hopefully she's put, she put that, right, number, that and not 
my brandy reference. Go ahead, Nico. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, number 21 for me is the last Children of the Corn movie. <laughs> and my favorite one was Five, Fields of Terror. Uh, the effects in the beginning look bad. The first cornfield scene makes no sense. Why the F would that girl go in there to pick corn? The scythe kill and decapitation was cool, though. Greg was a douchebag to all the town folk. Seeing Kane Hodder was really cool, like they've mentioned. This isn't the worst thing I've ever seen, but the ending drags on and falls apart. One hour, 23 minutes, and it felt... Like the movie was way longer than that, and the last thing I wrote was Eva Mendez. <laughs> time they would say, someone would say. So yeah, the Missy's face was because of the Brandy comment. Oh. So I take that back. <laughs> well, I, to be fair, I'm not. I'm I mean, not Brandy saying anything. Kill somebody. Not, I mean, yeah, you know, you know, you mad at her. Sometimes <laughs> you kill people. Sometimes you don't. She chose to do it. All right, go ahead. Whoa. All right, so my number twenty-one is the OG Children of the Corn. Uh, you know, I won't go too much into this since we already reviewed it already. I rated it a four then, and I kind of feel like that there's two sequels, I think, that are better than it. Um, however, I do appreciate, you know, it being the OG, and without it, there wouldn't be those other two sequels that I like better. But uh, that's kind of where I'm at with it. I gave it a four during our review and put it here at 21. 21 for me is Underworld Awakening. It's a total tonal shift from the first three movies. Lynn Wiseman directed the first three, but didn't part four. Instead, he wrote it, and it just doesn't measure up. I found myself bored with it, and I don't have that issue with the first three. No wonder Michael left the franchise. Uh, It had the biggest budget of the franchise, and for what? It stinks. Yeah. I mean, Michael Liebman's not, like, super explained, but anyway. uh, (laughs) All right. Sorry. Are we on 20 or 21? Am I behind Okay, I was going to say. No, you're on 21. I work yeah, I'm on 21, here. right? Okay, I just want to make sure. All right. My, my number 21 is Don't Breathe 2. Uh, look, I I liked Don't Breathe enough, and then they kind of just – look, I know they couldn't get what's her name back for the sequel, so I had nothing to do with it. And so, in turn, you had to kind of go a different direction. But I just don't like making Mr. Turkey Baster Man some kind of, like, anti-hero or something. Like, it just doesn't work for me. Uh, and I get the the idea that they're kind of like, oh, well, everyone's bad sometimes. Like, everyone's flawed. No, man, not everyone's filling up women with turkey basters, man. Like, I can't sympathize with this guy. So when you try to like, oh, he's killing bad people. He was killing bad people in the first one, to be honest. He was just ultimately way worse. And that movie got that across. Don't Breathe 2 kind of turns him into, like, I don't know, like, you know how we kind of like have some sympathy for Jason Voorhees? throughout the franchise that's what they tried to do to this character and eventually it just becomes the movie taken with a blind guy that's a kind of a big piece of shit so i didn't care for it it wasn't for me i finally got around to watching it and i was like man i i should have got this one out of the way so don't breathe two is my number 21 all right number 20 for me is i guess i'm the in the minority here but it was underworld blood wars i'm not a fan of it (laughs) It just it just drags. It's not a good thing when a movie feels like work watching it. It was well made and acted, but the story just didn't have me invested into it. I like Blood Wars. Um, all right, so my number 20 is uh, I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. I'm right there with you, Dustin. Um, I said during our review, I uh, actually used to really like this movie, but I don't know why. It just really bothers me now. I rated it a four um, whenever we reviewed it. And listen, trust me, I mean, the fact that there are – Still, two Children of the Corn movies left for me actually <laughs> surprises me too. I mean, don't trust me. me uh, I found out that 
like what? the Hellraiser franchise, are actually a few decent ones what? in this thing. So, uh, but yeah. yeah. Give me a yeah. break. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, my number 20 is Children of the Corn, the 2021. I was liking this one a lot more until the scene where the whole town laughed at the kids and mocked them and called them stupid. That was horrible. That shit would never happen. Uh, it had some good tills and tension, though. Oh, the CG still looked like ass. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. All right. My number 20 is the OG Children of the Corn. Um, this movie has that, that like classic feel. So like I don't totally hate it. Like I turn it on and I realize I'm watching like not a not a classic, but like one of those cult classic films. That's why there's fucking a million of these sequels. But like so so I do appreciate it for what it is. Um, I like the character of Isaac in this movie. Like I think you know in this movie it really works. That's why bringing him back earlier would have made more sense. But the crazy thing is, I I had not seen this movie before I saw the South Park spoof on this movie, uh, you know, way back in the day. So like I'd already seen that. So I can't really take it too serious. So I try to have a good time with it. And I think they do. Okay. Um, I like that. We don't really see the entity all that much. There's some bad CG that doesn't hold up, but I do think the story, which is why me and Brian were kind of pushing for a remake. The story in its bones is really interesting and good. A cult of children makes that for a good, scary movie. They just, have not found a way to pull that Stephen King short story off as much as they should have. All right. Number 19 for me is going to be a hot take, but it's the first purge. Good violence, good acting, well-made, but the movie falls into that prequel issue where I just really didn't care about the story. We reviewed that a couple months ago, so I'm not going to go too deep into it. That's great. You, you came in with that one there, and Kevin had the forever purge at his number 20. I'm a little offended. But. <laughs> I hate to tell you, but I'm about to have some purge movies in mind here soon, brother. Man. Well, I'm about to purge you off this podcast, pal. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. Do it. All right, number 19 for me, Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, I gave it a six and a half when we reviewed it, so it's not like I really hate the movie or anything. But we have some you know, really good movies that I actually like to watch in this ranking, and this one is just way down the list of, of, of you know, 19 other ones, or 18 other ones, I guess. Um, actually, I probably should have put this one a little bit lower, I don't know, based on scores that I gave other ones, but I wanted to keep it somewhat normal. But Strangers Pray at Night. Number 19 for me is Underworld Blood Wars. Uh, this one continues the story of Awakening and does a much better job at restoring the tone and mood of the movies that preceded it. It does. Uh, much more interesting than Awakening with half the yep. budget. Still not as good as the first three, but much improved after part four. I especially like the introduction of Marius and the uh, feeling that the lichens may actually wipe out the vampires. So it was it was okay. I'm going to piggyback off of you there. My number 19 is Underworld Blood Wars. Much better than Awakening as far as keeping my interest. Uh, again, I go back to the first three where there's lore and storytelling, and you're kind of learning about the history of the of the lichens and, you know, wolves and vampires and, and what makes them enemies. And here you get more story interwoven. I do like that. And, it, you know, you mentioned half the budget. I couldn't really tell. Like I thought it shot really well. I thought everything looked sleek, like mm -hmm. underworld mood, you know, that, that bluish. Well, look, I mean, when you throw that like, you know, bluish hue on it, it kind of looks like all the other ones. So I thought it holds up pretty well. Uh, I personally couldn't tell, but maybe I wasn't looking for it. So it's fine. Like it's an okay follow-up. I wish had come before awakening, honestly. Before I go next, I'm going to answer Kevin's comment. I have two purge movies in my top 10. 
I have zero Purge movies in my top ten. Everyone just, can be wrong. Just not. Just not. Hey, Nick. That, hey, you're, Nico, you're absolutely just, right. People send you their. Just picks. Not a big fan. No, no one's uh, commenting. So sorry. No, no Snooze, you shirts. lose, pals. All right. Okay. It's true. It's true. We got a bunch of rich fall or rich fans, I guess. They don't want nothing for free. All right, number eighteen is where we're at. Yes. Correct. Yep. The mine is the Forever Purge. Well made, acted and shot. The acting was good with some big names like Josh Lucas, Will Patton. The movie was just kind of boring. It wasn't as violent and as gory as I was hoping, considering the circumstances. Number eighteen for me, all the way up here, Children of the Corn four. I was actually, I was actually, uh, I was actually surprised how much I liked it. You know, pretty much the. The rest on this list I actually like, and based on our past 31 shows, that's pretty good, actually. Um, Naomi Watts, I thought, killed it in this one and, you know, kept me interested throughout. Um, it has it has what good. I think are the best kills in the entire franchise. Um, hmm. I could have really placed this higher in any other ranking with, with different movies, honestly, but this is uh, really close. Not quite, but it's really close to being my favorite show in the corn entry. All right. My, uh, were we on 18? My number 18 yes, is Don't Breathe 2. How the hell did they manage to turn the blind bastard from the first movie into a sympathetic character? Like you said, Mike, people want to say, oh, well, everybody's got some bad. Yeah, some people drink a little bit during football games. Some people, <laughs> you know, may not report everything on their taxes. Not everyone's Still out here. Yeah, you know? not everyone's out here yeah. pregnant women against their will. That's Ugh. not, that's hard to cheer for. Uh, I, can't get, I can't get with that. If this was a standalone movie, it would have been fine. If we didn't know the, you know, his backstory, definitely flawed exactly. though. Poor dialogue, lazy shortcuts, and a pretty predictable twist. But oh, Ike Clanton himself, Stephen Long from or Stephen Lang from Tombstone, he still crushes his role. I have a hard time rooting for him, considering what a motherfucker he was in the first movie. The movie's the epitome of unnecessary to me. Oh, and this is my uh, my next tier. These are the movies that are just okay. All right, my number eighteen is a forever. My number eighteen is a forever purge as well. You go partly because I think taking it out of its like original setting in the city and stuff. I wasn't a big fan of that tonal shift. Um, I just found it kind of boring. Like I like I like the fact that it's like fight for survival. Like they kind of get that point across. I just don't like the setting. I, I found it kind of drug the movie down for me. It's almost like a purge western, which I found very strange to me. Uh, or, or it was in certain parts. So that just kind of lost my interest a little bit. And I found it, like Nico said, boring. Now, not a bad movie, because I do think at this point, like none of the Purge movies are bad. I just find I them al almost to be just okay, like across the board, like a pretty consistent franchise across the board. No terrible films, but as far as great, well, you'll have to wait and see. No, I'm with you. I don't think any of them are like nah, yeah. Children of the Corn too bad. No, I'm just not interested really well, in the sure. story. I just it just doesn't Tyler do it. For me. Apparently disagrees. He said, "Ain't no purge movie deserved to be in the top 10. <laughs> he he agrees with me. Hell yeah, brother. That's what I'm talking about. You see the vision. All right, number seventeen is the Purge Anarchy. Oh, he's uh, this one we review on the show. Frank Gil Frank Grillo was great. But like I said in the review, the rest of the stories just felt like there was way too much going on. It's not terrible, but just forgettable. <laughs> this is it. This one's for you, Nico. My number 17 is my favorite Children of the Corn movie. It's Children of the Corn Part 2. So I, Holy I, I, I no, dude, I really liked me? it. Holy uh, shit. Look, I, I definitely saw this back when I, you know, 20 plus years ago. And I really, I, like I said, I think it's my favorite in the franchise. 
best meta line in this is at the start where the dude says, what is all this shit about corn? <laughs> I just loved it. Uh, I was like, man, I felt that. I feel that. But yeah, like as with all the movies, especially this one, it's, it's, it's weird as hell as all these little cult kids just move freely around the town and are at every crime scene. Nobody gives a shit how they're just generally acting all weird as hell. But like I said, I enjoyed it. Uh, I like the continuity and how it just picked up right after the first. Um, it is a different town, by the way, Dustin. Oh, uh, but I like that. They're all a different town. Dude, it's Nebraska. Somehow. It's all one big town. It's all one big town. Uh, we just it's all Lincoln but, and Omaha. Uh, we just offended everybody. This is great. <laughs> but I liked the uh, I like the atmosphere, and apparently, like this is a love it or hate it movie, and I loved it. Like crazy, I liked it so well. I loved mean, it. like he's gonna, all, I'm in, he's gonna make us review it one day. Oh, absolutely. Oh, you son of a bitch! Absolutely, I, I liked it. This I liked it again. a lot. Number seventeen. Um, so, like I said, I like all the ones from here on out. Ooh, did you watch this like after a long weekend of like Liam's baseball tournaments and you weren't you were sleep deprived or something? Man, I, I, I loved it. I don't know, man. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. Oh, what to that's tell fair. You. That's fair. Hey, hey, roll tide, brother. <laughs> uh, 17 for me is I know what you did last summer. It just kind of felt like a cheap cash in on the phenomenon that screen created. Cast is solid. Never will I complain about seeing Jennifer Love Hewitt. And I love Freddie Prince Jr., but the movie definitely has its flaws and I've never loved it. Not even when it came out and I, you know, I remember way back in the day when it came out, nah, never loved it then. All right. My number 17 is the purge election year. This movie just got, look, I kind of was not a fan of how, look, I like the political subtext and undertones that this franchise takes, but this one really just slaps you in the face. Given the title of the movie, I think that was a dead giveaway, but I went into it with an open mind. And I mean, it really was like, America bad. Now, again, I like the core issue of, you know, America kind of turning against each other. You have the faction that's for the purge, the faction that's against the purge. The problem with that is we kind of get that in all the movies. And so it, it wasn't really breaking any new ground for me or, or doing anything new. That being said, though, I love the way this movie is shot. I think the kills are, you know, decent. Uh, and so they're just like I mentioned with the purge movies. There is some good there that keeps my interest, but nothing that just like wow or entertained me to the point where I was like laughing or having a really good time. The only, you know, a negative about it is it just kind of felt like a chore watching it sometimes. So Purge Election Year at number 17. Hey, Kevin, you're allowed to guess our four answers. Uh, if you get it right, we'll give you a 100% pay raise on what we pay you right now. All right, number 16 is Underworld Awakening. It's the best <clears throat> Celine movie for sure. Great action, gore, kills, and fight scenes. But the movie just feels like one long fight yes. scene. I wasn't a fan of how dark the movie was with so many flickering lights. I thought I was going to have a seizure. <laughs> it's only one hour and 18 minutes. And even with that short of a runtime, the lack of a real story just makes the movie feel even longer. It's not bad, but it was forgettable, and I miss Lucian, Victor, and Sonya. Wow. Sorry, that good movie almost gave you a seizure. Number 16 for me <laughs> is The Forever Purge, Purge 5. Um, and I know a lot of people don't like this one, but I don't mind it at all. I mean, yeah, it's at the bottom of the Purge franchise, but like Mike said earlier, I don't think there's a bad Purge movie in this franchise. Um, Josh Lucas, I said, I think plays pretty much an asshole, but he's a great, he does a great job yeah. at it. You know, I mean, yeah. Will Patton was awesome in this one. I enjoyed him. I really like how uh, DeMonico really continues to open up this world and, you know, explore different aspects of it. And 
Um, it just it doesn't get boring to me. So I'm I'm actually looking forward to the next one. Sixteen for me is Underworld Evolution. Uh, not nearly as good as the first one. I think the pacing was better in it and it was less predictable. Uh, this one didn't have any of the real twists or anything. It was pretty straightforward. I didn't dislike it, though, but the poor CGI and the fact that I felt some scenes drug on and unnecessarily too long kept it this low. All right. My number 16 is The First Purge, which we reviewed recently. Um, again, good movie. I'm getting some of the Purge ones out of the way because I think there's kind of a line for me in this franchise. Well, yeah, they're all kind of consistent, but I think there's like a point where I'm like, eh, these are just like the other ones. And then there are some ones that stand out. The first purge, I just wasn't invested in the characters like I was hoping for. And I do know that a lot of people think that's a character strong movie and that's great. Like I, like I completely understand that point of view, but personally for me, I had a hard time investing in a drug dealer turned hero. Like it just didn't work for me personally. It doesn't mean that can't be a compelling story. I just didn't like it. Now I will say um, entertaining standpoint, there's great kills. I think the way it's shot is really good. I love how dark that movie gets. Um, you know, I, uh, again, I love some of the kills and, and I like the idea of the first purge, like putting myself in the seat, watching that happen on TV. Like I mentioned in our review, it terrifies the shit out of me. So it's realistic in that way, but it, for me, it just kind of dips off when I'm not super invested in the story, but not a bad movie by any means. And you're, it's going to surprise you where I have that one. It, hey, 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 I still have one Children of the Corn movie left. Just throwing that out there. Yes, you do. That's right. All right. Number 15 for me is Don't Breathe 2. <clears throat> this movie is tough to rate. <clears throat> Stephen Lighting is incredible. Madeline Grace, <clears throat> she gives one of the best child acting performances I've ever seen. But like all of you have mentioned that have picked this one already, it's so hard to root for Lang when he was such an evil person in the previous film. It's like, the movie's not terrible, per se. It's just, he's not someone you can root for, so it's right. kind of hard to like yeah, it, you know sure. what I'm saying? So that's number 15 for me. But shout out to Madeline Grace, though. What a right. damn performance. My man Nico's over here trying to pull a Lou Temple. Brother, you can drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm still, I still got a little bit of a... Uh, a cough still. I'm okay. I'm with I just want to shout out Lou Temple. Lou, Lou Temple Big is the goat. goat. Shout out. Speaking to him. of the goat, he's going to be coming back on the show too, bud. All right, good. I get to do my impression of him to him now. I wasn't. I had to weed eat Mo all day when he was on last time. So now I get to kind of lock in and and do him to him. That's going to be great. Yeah, make oh. make cat do the mowing. That was crazy. <laughs> well, this was my job. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> all right, number fifteen for me. First time hitting the, uh, this franchise, Fear Street 1666. Uh, I pretty much said everything I wanted to in our review of this on www.goutthere.com. So check that out. I gave it a six something, I believe. So, you know, it's the weakest of the trilogy, in my opinion. But again, it's not bad by any means. It's top 15. 15 for me is Children of the Corn 84. It's a solid premise and not terribly acted, which is honestly kind of rare for a lot of these early Stephen King movies. It's a classic for sure, and it creeped me out as a kid. Uh, I've shared it before, but that's the reason I picked this franchise is because of the impression it made on me as a kid growing up in rural East Tennessee, cornfields everywhere. I remember these movies, my dad would be watching them, and I couldn't watch them. Like I was scared shitless as a five, six-year-old kid. And uh, going back years later, I don't know what I was afraid of other than the fact that these movies suck. But this one's good, uh, except for the CGI. It's some of the worst of all time. Oh, 
and it held this movie back from being higher on my list. So Children of the Corn 84, number 15. All right. My number 15 and final Children of the Corn movie is Children of the Corn Part 3. I can't believe I'm alone in this. I had so much fun watching this movie. Like, I can't even really pinpoint why. But I think majorly because I love the character of Eli. Like, I think it's a character that works. An evil little kid. He's witty. There, there's some humor in there. That that face split kill is insanely cool. Like, I love the way that kill looked. Uh, and I like the change of location. Like, out of this cornfield in the middle of Nebraska. No offense to anybody there. I'm just saying. But, like, I just like that, that it's so different. And his older brother is as good as John Stockton at basketball somehow. Like, how the fuck did that happen? Like, there's just some really fun, campy stuff in here. And I think there's good kills, you know, where he rips his, you know, or they tear the adopted mom apart. Like, I really think there's some creative stuff in here. And I honestly would have been totally okay if they let Eli live and have him carry the franchise throughout. Like, that's how much I had fun with that character. Is this a good movie? Objectively, probably not. But, boy, I had a... I, I had fun with it, man. I had a good time watching Children of the Corn 3. All right, number 14 for me is I Know What You Did Last Summer. Uh, the movie, we reviewed this already. Uh, it's re, it's definitely watchable, rewatchable. But when you, like, critique it, there's just a lot of things that just bother me. Like uh, I've mentioned before, Sarah Michelle Gellar not running into the damn parade. How there's blue crabs <laughs> all in the trunk in one second, and then the next second they're all gone. Uh just kind of average at best acting. Uh, it's, it's just not my favorite, but it's something I could watch pretty easily. I got you. Number 14 for me is purge election year. Uh, another one I liked, I, I have to admit though, I liked it more before I realized that it wasn't like the next year after anarchy shout out Dustin in our anarchy review for pointing that out. Uh, but I liked the continuity with Grillo coming back, but I don't know. It almost felt like more of a, a Gerard Butler Olympus has fallen type of movie than a purge movie to me. And I love those movies, by the way, so it doesn't bother me. But if I had to give it a negative while I'm ranking the franchise, I would say that. But not a bad movie at all. Again, I like it. All right, we're entering a new tier on my list. These are the, uh, hey, that's pretty good tier. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Number 14, Kevin, you're wrong. It's not my favorite movie. It's Fear Street Part 1, 1994. It's an enjoyable movie on surface level, but I feel like it drags on in parts. There's also some flawed logic throughout and a lot of stuff that just didn't hit for me. It's not bad, but I like the other two in the trilogy more. All right. My number 14 is I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, It's not a perfect movie by any means. It's a good little slasher. You know, we reviewed this movie, so I don't have like a ton of thoughts. But I will say this movie is this high because it's, it's fucking funny. Like it's just just objectively funny stuff in this movie. And I kind of criticize the humor because in the flow of the movie, it's not what I wanted. But when I'm ranking these movies out and talked about my entertainment, like how, how likely am I am to rewatch this movie over some of the other ones? That's why it's so high. Jack Black is in this movie, which makes, you know, that's going to raise it up a few points because he's fucking hilarious in this movie. Totally odd placement. is this like white, jamaican stoner that makes no sense what the setting of this movie makes no sense how they get to paradise this you know all the stuff the roundabout way we got to the fisherman killer man is really dumb but it's so dumb that i have a decent time with it so number 14 is i still know what you did last summer all right lucky number 13 is a movie we've already reviewed underworld evolution Uh, it's not terrible but felt a little unnecessary 
too much story going on. And like, I think we all mentioned the almighty father and his, yeah. his sons got bitched yeah. a little too easily for my liking. <laughs> uh, Kevin, I just want to tell you you're wrong. So why don't you guess again? Uh, number 13, Fear Street, 1978. Uh, another one we reviewed, so I won't get Oof. into it too much. But also another one I really liked. Uh, you know, I gave it a seven when we reviewed it. Sadie Sink killed it in this one, like we've said. Um, but I have it at number 12 with a seven ranking. My number... 13. 13. I was about to say, 13. you threw me up a little bit there. But 13. my number 13 is Fear Street Part 3, 1666. I like how it ties everything together, and there's some solid visual effects on this one, uh, on the kills, but it, it was just fine to me. It's pretty good. All right. My number 13 is The First Don't Breathe. Like, I feel like this is a good movie. Hey, I mean, and it's not, you know, I feel like 13 is a pretty high number in my opinion. Uh, I do like that it takes the kind of home invasion idea and turns it on its head, and, you you, you know, at first you're kind of rooting – for this old blind man and, and then whoa, whoa, whoa pause as brother nico would say we're not rooting for this man because he impregnates people with a turkey baster so like we are not rooting for that guy and that was a good twist now there's some like really even for me and you know how forgiving i am of leaps in logic i'm the antithesis i'm an antithesis of brother dustin who's gonna if, if something doesn't make sense that motherfucker's gonna tell you damn right i'm willing to skip over some of that stuff not in this movie though there is just some leaps in logic and dumb horror movie decision stuff that I can't stand, but it is a objectively good movie. I love the twist at the end. Uh, I just wish the last 10 minutes were a lot shorter because I feel like we stretched that movie out runtime wise for no reason. So number 13 is the first don't breathe. It's funny. You said that Mike about how if something doesn't make sense, I'm going to call it out given the fact that I also have a pro wrestling podcast and I'm a huge wrestling fan, but no logic is okay. Trust me. Trust me. <laughs> Hey, I, I have thrown that at you before, and your answer was, well, that's different. It's different. <laughs> it is different. All right, so 12 and 11 is the last two Purge movies, but I may change this ranking when we review this one. Uh, 12 for me is the Purge election year. Frank Grillo is back, and he's whooping ass. Uh, decent movie. I enjoyed the storylines, but it's still nothing too new or refreshing. The guillotine kill was was awesome. And so was the party in the USA scene. But the ending was kind of ridiculous how they didn't kill the senator. Like, that really made no sense. Yeah, for sure. My number 12 is Underworld Blood Wars. And, you know, I know all the complaints people have about this one. But, you know, after the dog shit one before this, I actually appreciated yeah. the in, you know the ending of this ending this franchise on a decent note, I guess what I'm trying to say. You know, even though you can tell the budget was cut a lot because of the – to me, the CG was pretty mid. Uh, but you know, personally, I, I enjoy this one, and and for one, I am thankful that the end of the franchise was this one and not the one before it. That's very true. <laughs> Twelve for me is Fear Street Part Two, 1978. Uh, this is the most enjoyable one of the trilogy to me, and again, it's a fine trilogy, but I think it's definitely meant for a younger audience, so that's why they're not higher on the list. I don't think it's, or I don't think I'm who they're made for which is confusing because this is what we grew up on, but it's like they're trying to pull on nostalgia from the RL Stein, but also at yeah. the same time attract a younger audience. So it just kind of missed a little bit for me and Emily Rudd is fine as hell. So that helps. So Fear Street Part 2. <laughs> All right. My number 12 is Underworld Evolution. Uh, I think this is a really good sequel and follow up to the first one. Uh, I love the direction they take it. There's a love story here. 
Um, I will say as much as I like the lore between, you know, werewolves and vampires, it's still werewolves and vampires, which will never just like completely grab my interest as far as a movie, like a, an idea for a movie goes. But I think they do a really good job kind of building on the first one. Um, I think it's a solid sequel and, it, you know, I still don't think it's quite as good as the original, but I do like some of the direction they take it for sure. All right. Number 11 for me is the purge. It's got some really cool scenes in it. I love the mask, like looking into like the, uh, like the peephole or the cameras or whatever. Uh, Ethan Hawk, the goat, he's great, the goat. but I can't remember all my nitpicks I had, but just the fact that that kid let the guy in just kind of was like, eh. uh, yeah, and I'm just not a huge fan of all the purge movies, but, the first purge, not the first purge. The first purge <laughs> is number 11. Amusing. Number 11 for me is Underworld Evolution. Uh, we reviewed this one on the show as well. I gave it a seven. Um, I just, I don't, I don't mind it as well, but I mean, I definitely had some issues I didn't care for. Uh, I won't spend so much time on that one since we did an hour plus review on it either. So I'll just say and Underworld Evolution here. 11 for me is The Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, this one suffers from what I complain about a lot. Doesn't live up to the first one and may have been rushed into production just for the sake of making a movie and cashing in on the initial success. It still had its redeeming qualities, though, and I did enjoy it. The setting and atmosphere were great, but I had major issues with Luke's apprehensiveness to use a gun when someone's trying to kill him. And I don't know how Dickhead at the end survived the burning truck. And we didn't need that final scare at the hospital. So that kept it outside the top 10. Same here, brother. Number 11 is The Strangers Pray at Night. Uh, I, I've talked about prequels a ton here, or, 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 or not prequels, follow-up sequels that I think are unnecessary. We all have. And the problem with this movie is it doesn't even go into the original, like in any way, shape, or form. The only holdover is those masks and the characters that, that are being portrayed is a completely new story. And look, I sometimes when you get a franchise that goes a million years, you kind of call for that, just fresh blood, anything you can get. But as a direct follow-up all these years later, I just it didn't hit for me. There's some good stuff. Love the way it's shot. Love how it's all at night, very dark. Um, and, you know, the kills are great. The, the gore is great. The, the music is great. I love all that. But for whatever reason, like, I just found myself not wanting to watch this movie. Like, and that's not a knock. Like, it's still entertaining. We reviewed it an hour plus, so I'll shut the hell up now. But I agree with you. The biggest negative to me Dustin is that final jump scare it, it it completely ruined it for me in the sense that like man if you would just cut it off as she's walking away like that would have been perfect we have a good ending nope we got to get this hospital scene I just didn't understand that filmmaking decision agreed Got the missing singer from kiss over in here now you don't uh, you mean you don't have any whistling buttholes <laughs> oh Jesus <laughs> <laughs> all right number 10 the movie i'm definitely the highest on out of us we just reviewed it a couple months ago i said no you did last summer uh is it objectively bad yes but it's hilarious I, I had a great time watching it i laughed my ass off jack black was great but shout out to the goat man tyrell uh mckay pfeiffer that dude was exponentially horny yeah, throughout he must have been on all there kinds of TRT. Uh, TRT, Viagra, the yeah. rhino pills from the gas station. My man's on the blue rhino 5,000. He's, he's on horny goat weed and Arjimax, which I sell at my job. I won't I won't get into that. But I, I enjoy that movie. It's funny. It's a good time. All right, number 10 for me, top 10. Don't breathe. Uh, the next few movies here, I mean, we reviewed on the show. so And I gave them all eights. 
crazy enough. So these next few will be pretty crazy. interchangeable. Um, you know, like I said on the show, this is tense. You know, this this tense atmosphere is what won me over with this film. So top ten for me. All right, it's my final tier. I'm gonna call this tier this tier. Hell yeah, brother, turn that up. Hell yeah, uh, turn up. Hell yeah, bro. <laughs> Number ten for me is oh. I want to take this time. This is a good point, a good time to bring this up. Tyler Kane. All the Purge movies are in my top 10. Yeah, the Purge Anarchy. <laughs> the Purge Anarchy number 10. I love them all. Uh, some good kills in this one, and it makes you think about what you do in this situation because it could happen in theory. Uh, this one's my least favorite, though, because just some of the nitpicks and how convenient it was that Carmela just happened to show up at that exact building. His storyline in general is one of my biggest complaints about the movie. Oops, sorry, I lost my place here. My number 10, fucking 10, is <laughs> Underworld, Rise of the Lycans. Uh, I, what? Nothing. What, you think that's low? Yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah number 10. Top, I mean, we're talking top 10. 10, fucking 10. Anyway, uh, number 10 is Underworld, Rise of the Lycans. Look, I really like this movie. Like, it, that is not a knock, in my opinion. I, I like some of these other movies more really good prequel like when we talk about that the, the idea of that answering questions i wasn't asking like i really like the stuff they bring in the lore the story and and i love oh, oh, okay anyway you keep throwing me off brother chin god damn it uh hey hey stay focused it's like the old lady with stiffler in the closet anyway um but no man i i, I love the storytelling Love the building of the lore. Um, and, man, Kate Beckinsale. Anyway, uh, but, again, Underworld Rise of the Like. Well, hey, in this movie in particular, I'm just saying, really good Hold stuff. On. I think it – yeah, that's true. All right, I'm done. Underworld Rise of the Likens is number 10. Kate Beckinsale is not in Rise of the – all right. I know uh, that. Number nine is – Still though. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my number nine, and it's – you're you're good. You're I'm good. At my number nine I'm just here. fucking with you. She's not though. I know. Uh, number nine is Fear Street, sixteen sixty six. Another movie we reviewed recently. I like all the Fear Street movies. Uh, sixty six was one of my favorites until you get back to the mall. I really love that the timepiece when you're back in the sixteen hundreds with the witch and you know I like those kind of movies. I'm a big fan of the witch and but it just falls apart for me once it gets the to the mall. The Vovich. You like the Vovich. Shout out, shout out to A twenty four. Great, great oh, film. Yeah. let's shout them out. Thanks. Fantastic, great, love them. <laughs> hey. Number nine for me is I know what you did last summer. The OG. Uh, I was definitely highest on the show, giving this one a, an eight. Also, way back then, um, it's a nostalgic pull for me, but it definitely does have some issues. I mean, shout out Muse Watson for coming on the show. Uh, listen to his interview at www.goutthere.com. I think I like that one the best. That's my favorite ring jingle. But I have a it's got a good range. But I have a I had a lot of love for this one. You know, it's it's one of my Kevin Williamson loves for sure. You know when you what does he have? You, you know when you do that though, Brian, you just kind of sound like me talking in normal everyday <laughs> talk when you like stutter on one letter right there. You you gotta be real careful here, Bubba. Damn, son. <laughs> oh, I don't right. even want to laugh at that. Damn. Fuck you, Brian. <laughs> stutter Stanley, stutter Stanley. Sorry. Um, number, <laughs> number nine for me is Underworld. Uh, Vampires versus Werewolves is an all-time great classic beef. From Underworld to Twilight, can't go wrong. Kate Beckinsale is fantastic, and they crush the atmosphere. I love the blue hues and the way they shot it. 
Uh, it's a great start to the franchise. This fucking guy. All right. I want to hear Mike do do the James. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> do, 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 don't go out there. Okay. Anyway, uh, my number nine is I know what you did last summer. The OG. Um, again, we reviewed this. So I don't have a ton, but Jennifer Love Hewitt. Uh, just, just in this movie, she's much better than she is in the sequel. I actually really like the story that we get here. I like this idea of like trying to keep the secret and it's kind of eating at them in all different ways. Uh, and, and I like the killer. Like I like the idea of the like fisherman hook being a weapon. Like I, there's a lot that I like here, but in times and places, it does feel like just a movie of its time. So like when you go back and watch it, some of that stuff just kind of feels like a scream ripoff, which I'm sure it's not necessarily trying to do, but you can't really help it when it's written by the same guy. So like, there's some definitely some crossover there, but I still really enjoy it. That's why it's so high. Number nine is I know what you did last summer. All right. Number eight is the strangers pray at night. Uh, it's top eight, but I mean, I still only gave the movie a six, seven, five. It's not elite by any means. Uh, just, you know, 30% of what we ranked there wasn't go. good. So, <laughs> but I enjoy just seeing all of our killers again. And like Dustin mentioned though, like Luke not being able to shoot him is just ridiculous. Oh. I absolutely hated that shit. Uh, and Sackhead being like invincible at the end is just yep. ridiculous as well. But I still enjoy the movie by right. Martin Henderson, Christina Hendricks. Uh, I'm a big fan of theirs. Number eight for me is Fear Street 1994. Um, this one, and, and I know what you did last summer, I went really back and forth with, and I'm still not sure why I settled on this one and being higher, because, but I did rate it at an 8.5 when we reviewed it. I'd probably retroactively give it an 8 now based on the scores on this list, but it's definitely my favorite of the three of the trilogy. I liked it a lot. Number eight for me is The Purge Election Year. I like the angle they took with this one, having a politician being targeted, and we get some great suspense yeah. with Sarge trying to protect her. Uh, I'm looking forward to reviewing this one in depth with y'all one day. All right. Same. My, yeah. Um, my number eight is Fear Street 1666. It's my least favorite of the fran- uh, of the franchise, but that's no knock against it. Like, I really like this trilogy. We talked about it. Uh, we've reviewed this movie. And, you know, my biggest complaint at the, to- at the time was they tried to slam two movies into one. That's still a knock for me, but I'm so invested in the story. It doesn't take away from the movie so much. Uh, I'm with Nico here, though, where I like the 1666 part way more than I do when they return to 1994. And I think that kind of drags the movie down a little bit where I just felt like they're trying to do too much. Should have just stuck in 1666. I feel like that's a very interesting story. It's kind of shot like the bitch, as we talked about, uh, you know, that that old, you know, old English style or whatever you want to call it. I really like that. Uh, but then they kind of get away from it. So it's the my least favorite of this trilogy but I still really enjoy it here at number eight. Yeah, and if you go back to our 66 review, we we all went in a big a big discussion about how to kind of fix that trilogy fix and it. how yeah. it was uh, – yeah, For you sure. could definitely fix it. Uh, number seven is Underworld. I really enjoyed watching that movie. Uh, Kate Beckinsale is great. I'm a big fan of Scott Speedman. Uh, he's going to make another appearance later on in, the, uh, in my rankings. Uh, you know, you got Lucian uh, – Fuck, what's his name? Victor. You got all my favorites in it. I'm a I'm a fan of Underworld. So I got number number seven. Number seven for me is the OG Purge. Um, again, I also gave this one an eight whenever we reviewed it. You know, it's groundbreaking. I love the claustrophobia from being just inside the house, but also setting up this world that 
like I said, I've loved exploring in all of the sequels. Um, this one, you know, petrified my wife, and I drove her to see the second one in the theater again, but I couldn't, I couldn't get her to watch any more in the theater. But um, the OG Purge for me. Uh, number seven for me is the Forever Purge. It's another great change of scenery. I think the franchise nails it in that regard. It's hard to get bored with it when they keep changing locations and dynamics. Mike, you mentioned how you just kind of didn't buy it because it felt like a, a Western purge, but I like seeing that. I like seeing yeah. how the sure, purge affects sure. different dynamics because, uh, you know, for some people, that's their life. You know, not everybody lives in a city yeah. or in the woods. Absolutely. So it, it's kind of cool to see that. Also, it's a great wrinkle of, you know, thinking about what would happen when the purgers decide that 24 hours isn't enough to exercise their demons. All right, my number seven is the original Purge, not the first Purge, not to be confused here. The original Purge. Ethan Hawke is great, and I love this single location setting that we get inside the house, which I've talked about on the show a million times. Where like I like where it can kind of stick to one place. Obviously, it depends on the movie, but I like the fact that we're in this house the majority of the time. You kind of feel like you're in the house with them, uh, and you know we talked about that movie forever, so I don't really want to babble on here. But I, I mean, I like the acting, and again. I get back to my what I like about the Purge franchise, which is just the idea of having the Purge. It's very interesting and fascinating to me. Like I like putting yourself in that place. Like wow, this actually could happen. Like that is terrifying to me. More terrifying than half the shit that we cover on this show. So I, I again groundbreaking. Love it for what it is. It's right here at number seven. All right, number six is Fear Street ninety four. I like this movie a lot more when we reviewed it at the beginning of the year. Viewed this back in January. Uh, what a fun time for yeah, Netflix. Back-to-back-to-back yeah. back to back oh, weeks. Awesome. Uh, I really enjoy the movie. The opening scene with Maya Hawk, incredible. Shout-out to Dustin's goat, Ethan Hawk, yeah, his right. daughter. She did a great job. I wish she <laughs> – she needs to be in a screen movie. Put her in the screen movie. I like to see her be in the opening kill, Absolutely. maybe. But I, I enjoy 94. It's fun. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, Tyler Kane. My top 10 has a bunch of these in there too. The, uh, the purge anarchy is my number six. Um, it's my second in favor in the franchise. I gave it an eight also when we reviewed it. Uh, I really appreciated, you know, how it opened up the world. Like I said, starting with this one and especially that scene in the apartment when the sister kills the other one for cheating. Great moment. Great scene. Great flick. Uh, I love it. <laughs> my number six is underworld rise of the lichens. Uh, I could have done without seeing a baby dick in the open. But it was cool seeing the story of how the uh, seeing Lucian's rise and how the lichens come to be. And I think the CG was much better in this one than in Evolution. It's my favorite in the franchise, which is crazy because Kate Beckinsale isn't even in it. I didn't think I'd hear the word baby dick on this episode, but here we are. Brother, it's unavoidable. Chris Hansen wanted to have a, have a, really have is a word. <laughs> Chris Hansen wanted to have a word with these filmmakers. We're going to get... We're gonna get strikes for that. Can't wait. Well, this is the this is the last one. Yeah, so. I was gonna say you go out swinging, fellas. Go out swinging. Like, never mind. Anyway, I'm not gonna croak. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> Number six. Oh, I'm sorry, my bad. Number six. Hey, Nico. Fuck you, pal. Rich ass out here buying shirts for people. Anyway, uh, my number. God damn it. Okay, my number six is the Purge Anarchy. Uh. The part of the reason I like this movie so much is because you see all the chaos. Like, and again, as much as I like that single setting that we get in the original, I do like something about watching the chaos unfold in different pockets of the city. And I really, there's just, there's just something about that idea that fascinates me, intrigues me 
almost like I'm watching a little bit of a documentary. And we reviewed this. So again, I don't have to go into it too detailed, but like, I like the story. I'm invested in the characters here, which really helps. Uh, and uh, just a really good first flick, my favorite in the franchise. And I go back and forth between this one and the first. Like, I think they're pretty damn equal. But the, as of today, which as you guys know, I'm flip-flopping like a Florida man in summer over here. Uh, it could change tomorrow. But for right now, it's Purge Anarchy is my number six. All right. Top five is the movies that I think are really good. Uh, number five for me is Don't Breathe. Uh, really enjoy this movie. Probably one of the most atmospherically tense movies I've ever seen ever. Like it was like shit's crazy. Stephen Lang does a fantastic job as the blind man. So does Jane Levy. She's great. Uh, <laughs> this movie definitely does have a little uh, one of the biggest twists ever. That you know I mean, we've all t- touched about the turkey baster. That's that it's shit's wild. wild. But I enjoy the movie. I think it's great. Top five, baby. I'm going to go with Strangers here. Uh, the last in this little cluster that I gave an eight. But uh, also one of the most disturbing films when I first watched it. I mean, that atmosphere, it felt so real. Liv Tyler was just so damn good in it. Um, the ending. The ending is what really stuck with me, which you know I did not talk about on the pod. Number five for me is Don't Breathe. One of the most atmospherically tense. I'm sorry. I just wanted to... <laughs> but uh no, no it's funny uh peek behind the curtain i did share my list with nico he's the only one that has seen it and i thought about wow. changing it because i had three of his movies in the top five and he didn't let me sneak that by so uh yeah number five is don't breathe i enjoyed it it has its flaws but it's definitely worth watching i think the suspense is great the twist that the blind man isn't just an innocent loner was great i do think they uh should have had an easier time escaping, though. He's blind. The whole movie could have been about 20 minutes long <laughs> if they would have just... <laughs> the, the movie should have been about 20 minutes long in real life if they just barricaded him in his room while he was asleep. Lock him in. Take your time around that bitch and get out. But it was solid overall. The sequel was just so unnecessary. All right. My number four is Fear Street Night... Or, excuse me, number five. Correct? Sorry. My number five is Fear Street 1994. Uh, Look, you know, we reviewed this movie in the beginning of the year, and I keep going back and forth on this movie, like how much I actually like it, or or, or are there certain aspects of it that I just really love and certain aspects where I'm like, eh. But for me, it is a very 90s-inspired slasher film, and I, I get enjoyment out of that. I love the, you know, the skeleton face killer, you know, Shout out to it's like a subtle nod to the Scream franchise. I love the opening scene in the mall. I think it's great, um, and I love the soundtrack. I like the characters. I like, you know, Sunny Shad and Shay. All the all the good and evil. It's very basic, but I really like that we that that's the route that we go. Uh, I just I just really enjoy the franchise. I think it's really good. And so number five is Fear Street, nineteen ninety four. Our number four for me is Fear Street, 1978. Uh, if you listen to our top women in horror, I had Sadie Sink very high. I'm a big fan of hers. She's my favorite character in Stranger Things now. She did a great job as Ziggy, uh, and I love the camp atmosphere. Uh, I love the killers in it. You know, Tom. I think his name's Thomas, the mask guy with the axe. I have a great time with Fear Street 70. It's definitely my favorite of that trilogy, and it's a movie that I could pop on anytime. It could also be like a fine little standalone Absolutely. too, honestly. Absolutely. Uh, my number four, and I actually had a lot of issues with these top four here. Any day of the week, I think I could pick these next four as number one on the list, honestly. But I'm going to go with the OG uh, Underworld here. 
Um, I gave it an 8.75 when we reviewed it. I'd probably not change that. I mean, there are obviously a lot of Matrix vibes in this one, Matrix vibes in this one, but um, I love the world setting up. You know, it does, and it's, it's definitely my second favorite in the franchise. Number four for me is your next. It's a great home, invas uh, home invasion movie with some great kills. It gave us a badass final girl in Aaron. I never watched it until we reviewed it a few months, a few months ago, and I'm glad I did. Uh, it's definitely worth watching going in my rewatch rotation. Yeah, my number four is the original Underworld. Uh, I never would have thought, and shout out to Brian, because I first of all, never would have watched this franchise without him picking it. Just going to be honest with you, because uh, werewolves and vampires do nothing for me. However, I love the storytelling in this movie. Uh, and, and and I think they do a really good job of like that. Are they human? Are they, are they werewolf? Are they vampire? Like I really like the mystique that this first one has. Uh, and again, like I said, I like the plot. And I like where we get to eventually. Now we have a little bit of a, a you know, a human hybrid in Michael. And like, I really just like the, this first movie. I liked it way more than I ever expected to. So shout out to Brother Brian for turning me on to the Underworld franchise. Not turning me whoa. on. I had to finish my whoa. sentence. Whoa. I had to finish my, whoa, hey, yo, whoa, whoa. I finished my sentence. Crazy. You know what? Just because the other two got it. F -f 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 Fuck you, Dustin. Just, oh, just the way crazy. you said it was crazy. It was crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> hey, Shan, uh, I'll address your comment after, after we wrap up the 31. Sure. Uh, number three for me, I'm going to piggyback right off what Mike was talking about. I'm not a big fan of, like, vampires or werewolves either. But number three for me, by God, is Underworld Rise of the Lycans. was the first Underworld movie I, I watched over a decade ago, possibly even, like, 15 years ago. I loved it then, and I still do. Lucian and Victor are the two most interesting characters and it was all about them. I loved them. And Sonia, she was fantastic. Was Ron, was her, I can't remember Ron, what her name is. Rona Mitra. She actually, friend of the show, Rona Mitra. Yeah, I, I love Underworld Rise of the Lycans, and I can't wait to review that one down the road. Um, again, top three. This could be my number one on any occasion, and I'm going to go with uh, the first Purge here, um, the third in the franchise. We reviewed this one as, as well. I gave it an 8.75. It's my favorite uh, in the whole Purge franchise, and – when I first watched it, it took all of my expectations and really just flipped them on its head for what I was, you know, what I was going to get, what I expected. Um, and I was so happy with that. Um, it continues to be my favorite. My number three is The Strangers. Uh, it's an all-time great horror movie. I wish I'd been a part of the show when y'all reviewed it because it's one of, if not the best, home invasion movie. Uh, just so unnerving seeing this couple get tormented and stalked. Almost enough to make me lock the doors at night. Almost. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> so you said mama ain't raised no bitch that's what he said uh aura 018 has a comment right here join late so might have missed we keep doing the halloween lives but just something else not 31 rankings yes we will still have a halloween live show we're just i actually uh brian reminded me so what we'll, what we're going to be doing starting next year is we're going to list 13 there you know a lit you know our rankings will be 13 things we're not really quite sure where we're going to take that, what direction, if it's going to be movies, franchises, characters, whatever. But we will have a ranking show. It's just going to be 13 on 31, which is just as cool, in my opinion, as far as the name of it goes. So, A24 movies hey. up first. Oh, shit, shit. <laughs> that, that's going to take just as long as watching all 31 of these movies. Well, you got a point there. Hey, we got an A24 uh, movie coming up soon, boys. Can't yep. wait. Can't wait. <laughs> All four hours of... Brian oh, anyway. is afraid to watch Boat Was Afraid. 
I am. Yeah, he is. He's so great. Especially when you said ball. I was going to give it, what, a negative rating? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wait. Probably like a negative can't wait. six. Oh, can't wait. Pause alert, pause alert, pause alert. I'm I'm not looking forward to it because how long it is. Anyway, whoa, whoa. Uh, my number. <laughs> so many other ways you could have phrased that. Yeah, I, I didn't want to. I didn't want to. I didn't want that was to. crazy. Fuck all three of you. Anyway. That's crazy in itself. I know. My number three is your next. Uh, I just, man, I love this movie. What a cool home invasion movie. A, a much, much different than I expected it to be. Uh, we get one of the best final girls of all time in Aaron, which Dustin already mentioned. Uh, the kills are great. The story is great. Uh, and, man, I do it does such a great job with suspense and tension. You know, someone walks into a quiet room and you were almost in that quiet-ass room with them. I love the way it uses sound which I said over and over and over again on our review. So my apologies, but I just love the way it did that. And, and I love the ending where, it, you know, there was no back and forth. She just killed that motherfucker. And I love that about Aaron. Great character, uh, great movie. One of my favorite movies we've done on the show in a long time. And honestly, retroactively, I probably would rate it higher because rewatching it for this made me like it even more. Yeah. Number two is your next for me. I love the movie. It's one that gets better. and It's like trick or treat for me. It gets better and better with each rewatch. Uh, Aaron, Sharni, Vincent, the most badass final girl of all time. Some amazing kills. Uh, a lot of razzle-dazzle. Some Barbara Crampton, a future friend of the show. She's going to be on our show soon to get this damn strike figured out. I love that movie. It's one of the best home invasion movies ever. There's just... One ahead of it that has a little bit more nostalgia for me that's beat it out. Whoa. Whoa. Oh, that was crazy. That was crazy. That was crazy. Number two uh, easily could be my number one. I told you, Mike, you'd be surprised with this one. But number two is Underworld Rise of the Lycans, the prequel. Okay. Um, it had all that's my good, favorite man. parts of the Underworld franchise all rolled up into one movie. Going back, showing how we got to the events of the first one, the relationship with everyone. Michael Sheen was great, Bill Nye, and uh, like we mentioned earlier, friend of the show, Rona Mitra, who we hope to have on once this sack strike is over with. Um, I love this movie. Dude, Michael Sheen as Lucian, <laughs> so damn good. I love that character. Uh, number two for me is The First Purge. I, I love getting the backstory of the origin of The Purge and the change in location. It was a great shift that showed how other neighborhoods handled The Purge. And I like the subtext, subtext of showing how the government controls and manipulates situations. Also, Lex Scott Davis, check your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> you wanted to make sure no one else was around? watching or what, man? Good thing we aren't lying. Hey, I, I thought Mama ain't raised no bitch. Anyway. Uh, we just caught you on 360p. <laughs> yeah, we did. <laughs> <laughs> that can mean two things. All right, anyway, uh, Kevin, you were so close to getting my number one. So close, but you were wrong, buddy. My number two is Fear Street 2, 1978. I fucking love this movie. What a fun little slasher. I love the backstory, how it kind of is giving me more lore, you know, building on the first one. Sadie Sink fucking kills it. Love the characters. Love that it feels like our. I don't feel like it's a ripoff of the Friday franchise. I feel like it's a good nod to it. Like it's like we're taking this camp slasher that you know sleepaway camp Friday the Thirteenth. We're taking that idea and just modernizing it a little bit, even though it takes place in the seventies. Like there's 
it's a really good story here. I just love it. I love all the characters. I think it fucking works. One out of four ain't bad. Yes, it is, buddy. <laughs> love hey, love you, this you movie. Can, you can ride a 250 bat and average to the Hall of Fame if you do the other things right. So You're fine. right. You're absolutely correct. All right, number one for me is no surprise. And like Dustin mentioned, he wishes he would have been on the show. We've all kind of discussed redoing some of those earlier episodes, so I would definitely be down to review The Strangers over again. God, we spent you know, like two and a half back hours in on one stranger. <laughs> back in 2008, your boy walked into the movie theater by himself because his two friends that went with him were 15 and they couldn't get into the movie. I saw this you, joint by myself. And you said, an fuck them, I'm crowd. watching it by myself. See y'all. I went and saw. I'm not going. They went and saw the Love Guru with. One of that's one of Mike's favorite movies. No, the fuck it's not. Fuck you. That is one of the biggest screaming piles of dog shit ever, man. That that movie's got one of my favorite Kanye clips of all time. At the end, when he goes, "I love hockey," I love that shit. That makes me laugh so much. I can't believe you fuckers are laughing at that. That is fucking terrible. I'm embarrassed. I own that movie. But anywho, I, them two shocked. went and saw that movie. I went and saw The Strangers. It was one of the one of the best theater experiences I've ever had in my life. Like like Brian mentioned, it feels so real. It's terrifying. They're not invincible killers. It's just there's there's no motive. It's just because you were home. That shit's terrifying. That shit's terrifying. I love the strangers. Number one, ten out of ten. Yeah, this may be a surprise to some people. My number one though is your next. Um, I was blown away. I was I blown it, away buddy. with this one when I first watched it. I mean, hell, I gave it a nine point two five. Uh, which I tried to stay pretty true to my the ones I've rated before, and you know on this list. So friend of the show, Sharni Vinson was fantastic in it. Um, I love the twist. Um, give our review of it a chance. I mean, it's ep- episode two eighty five. What'd you say? About the twist? Jerk. There it is. <laughs> there it is. The there old dick twist. The old dick twist. <laughs> oh my god, dude! It's a show ranking. Um, <laughs> You just said baby penis earlier, man. I was oh. commentating on what baby dick. That was in the movie. The, that was part of the episode. Yeah, we ain't twisting that part dick. The, God, dang. Uh, <laughs> number, number one for me. Number, guys, can we be serious for a moment? Number one for me. You put my ball spot on the front is of the, uh, the Purge. <laughs> it's my favorite of the franchise, obviously, but it's also one of my favorite movies. The tension of the situation and the twist of the neighbors trying to kill them is just great. Uh, plus it has my queen Cersei in it and the goat Ethan Hawke. I love it. I love this movie. That would have been my number one if they casted Brad Pitt in that role. Anyway, uh, (laughs) just kidding. kidding. My number one is the same as brother Nico's. It is the strangers fucking love this movie. Uh, the best home invasion movie that I've ever seen personally. Um, look, man, just terrifying. I love this. I, I said this when we reviewed it way back when. I love this movie for the same reasons I love the original Halloween. No motive, just a motiveless killer that's in your home for no fucking reason other than to be just to scare the fucking piss out of you. And that is terrifying. It can happen in real life. Like that is why that is so scary to me. This movie uses tension and and suspense better than almost any movie I've seen in a long time. Love the, the look of the killers. Why are you doing this? Because you were home is an iconic line. Uh, the music is great. Uh, I, and you know what? I, it's single setting. I love the story. How, you know, she gets asked to, if she wants to get married. She says no. And then they're kind of in this awkward situation. 
inside the house. Just so much awkwardness and tension. I love it. Edge of my seat every time. Strangers is number one. Yeah, it's a great movie. All right, guys, that was a good 31 on 31. Uh, y'all got any final thoughts for I just address this the show question? Yeah, I just wanted to sh- oh I I just wanted to shout out Brother Brian because when I ranked this 31 through one, I knew I wasn't gonna stick to any of my original scores. That's why quite frankly I have CTE and I didn't remember any of my well, original scores. I'm glad you said score. that. I'm glad you said that because what I was gonna say is due to my CTE, um, which has been well documented, I repeated yes. some stuff. I went and found the notes that I'd say from the ones we reviewed and I copied them and pasted. And so nice. if you, if you heard nice. something, you're like, I think I've heard him say that exact thing before. Mind yeah. your fucking business, man. Some yeah. of us can't remember shit. That's it. Hey, Mo- hey, uh, Melissa wall. Is this the song you're talking about? We're getting copyright. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, turn that shit off. Turn that shit off. <laughs> <laughs> this is the oh, YouTube. Yeah, they, they don't play around. They don't. But hey, anywho, hey, that was fair use. We're good. Yeah, hopefully. Fair. All right, let's address this show thing. Uh, we've all t- discussed, you know, doing shows as well. And me and Dustin were like texting each other, just you know, by ourselves. And we're gonna do another podcast, a part of this network. Uh, I know Brian is super busy, so if Brian can't make an episode, or Mike, you can't because you're working, or calling volleyball games. I don't want y'all to feel bad, but me and Dustin are definitely going to do this. We're going to do something called the Don't Go Out There Horror Movie Show Podcast, not Horror Movie Podcast. So we're going to do a separate podcast altogether from this. We're going to be reviewing seasons of shows, just like, I don't know, maybe like an episode or two of a season per week, just to just give us uh, some, uh, so we can knock out some uh, shows as well, because doing them in addition to the movies all on one podcast just seems too clustered, I feel like. Yeah. Don't worry. It's the first I'm hearing of this too, Melissa. No, it's not. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> uh, I make a suggestion. I feel like you guys should call it the, the Don't Go Out There Horror Picture Show. It's right there. It's right there. Anyway. Uh, yeah, so what Nico and I were texting about was I brought up maybe doing the uh, the Scream show or the Ch- the Chucky show because they're – well, Chucky's you know sure. still ongoing, and then I'd mentioned American Horror Story before. I mentioned uh, like Midnight Mass and some of those miniseries on Netflix. Yeah, and I've picked Hill House <laughs> yeah. and all that. So, so it's just kind of those things we've been Stranger we've Things been talking I know about. Dustin's excited for that. Yeah, Stranger Things. Um, yay! But uh, it's, it's one of those things we've been talking about, and it's like it's a daunting task. I mean, when you got ten yeah. episodes a season, sometimes more, sometimes maybe a couple less. But like, how are you going to do that in one show? So, Nico. Uh, floated some ideas out there, and yeah, so that's what we're gonna do. I will be on as often as I can. That and that, whoa, but whoa, whoa, that, that wasn't bad. Come on, that's a that's Space Jam Michael Jordan reach, pal. Come you, you on, just, you, you just, it's a pause warning. I don't know, <laughs> I'm throwing the flag back on your face. Fuck that flag, challenge flag. I'm throwing a challenge flag on this. Anywho, y'all got any final thoughts on the 31 ranking? Our final one, it was. It was kind of brutal. I can't lie. <laughs> Imagine trying to do Children of the Corn and Hellraiser all together. No, no, Oof. no. I will. I, you know, I I found this in my notes earlier. We could do 31 again, and here's the franchises. So I want you guys to think about this before we make this final. These total up to 31 movies. So we got Leprechaun has eight films in the franchise. Resident oh, Evil, there's oh, six. Right. Evil Dead, there's five. Poltergeist, nope. there's four. The Exorcist, nope. there's six. And Terrifier, there's two. That's 31. I'm 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 game if y'all are. 
No, I'm not. I'm not game. I'm not we game. already. Hold on. I know horror movie franchises call their thing the final chapter and don't actually make it the final chapter, but I feel like we should actually final chapter this thing. You guys just aren't open minded. You lost me with Poultry Guys. And I'm not gonna lie though, Dustin. <laughs> I'm down at the hell buddy. yeah. Imagine me shitting on Leprechaun for hey, an hour. That just... sounds fun. First of all, I can't tell you how many times that's the worst episode we've. I've heard that's the worst episode we've ever done because me and Dustin were drunk going back and forth. With each other. <laughs> Any final thoughts, guys? Before we get out, I just want to thank all our fans for watching, yep. interacting with us, uh, asking us questions. Really appreciate Absolutely. it. I just want to give a big shout out to everyone that watched and played along tonight. That was great. We love, you know, we love getting to do these once a year. Um, we we Facts. okay. Kevin Scan said, "OG Evil Dead is wildly overrated." We'll we'll address that at some point. We'll review, but uh, we did. I've already done it. Uh, <laughs> sorry, my bad. I have CTE too. Anyway, uh, but no, I really enjoy doing these live shows. Uh, I think they're fun on the fly, on the cuff. I'm a big fan of it. Uh, so I appreciate everyone that followed along and commented. And uh, obviously, you'll be able to go back and listen, but won't quite be the same as a live experience. But we just want to say thank you very much. Absolutely. Brian, any final thoughts? Dustin, final thoughts? Nah, just, you know, let Scott Davis check your DMs. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you all for listening. Mike, go ahead and end the episode. Take the budget. What's the budget? (laughs) The budget for this was actually $14.99 because that's how much Restream costs. We'll catch you next time. <laughs> don't go out there. Don't go out there. Just want to remind everybody. <laughs> <laughs>